Content warning for gunshots throughout the episode. Check the description for details. Wild horses. They're the perfect tool for Coleman Kanatra's gang to travel. The hunting horses of Severus don't need light and barriers. They roam free and devour any spirit that ain't bigger than them. Coleman finds it aspirational and convenient, as Imperial locomotives won't think twice about a half dozen horses scattering around it. The ordinary horses never trouble the railways because they know that that bite is too big to chew. But Coleman's eyes were always bigger than his stomach. Those eyes stare daggers at the oncoming pride of Duskwall as it whistles and he whispers. He whispers until he all but shouts. Thunder claps as the electroplasmic energy of the ghost feels the very thing pushing the prideful hunk of metal forward flashes under Coleman's glare, turning against the train and bringing it to a grinding halt. His slaying metal foe at his feet, Coleman leads his gang inside to collect their spoils. on a train. This is a podcast we play Ghost Lines, an RPG by John Harper. I'm your conductor, Greg. I run the game. I'm Hannah. I play Andrew Anderson, uh, one of five unaccompanied children running around on the train right now. You're accompanied, technically. You're, you're your own you legal guardian. Count. <laughs> you guys are not my legal guardian. No, I said you're you're you are. Like, because you work, like, you're... Oh. you're you're technically like Am you don't I, need company. Is that how the law works? I, I guess. don't know. Whatever. The law is subjective. One of five children on the train. <laughs> I'm uh, Pip. Pip is an unaccompanied adult. <laughs> there we go. Oh, you, you said you said you're Pip, but you're not. In reality, you're not actually Pip. No, you're playing Pip. I'm right? playing Pip. Right? You're playing Pip. Pip is right? merely <laughs> Pip is merely a facet of my personality. Pip is a part of me. Who are you? I am Moon Knight. <laughs> This is going to be very timely, because it's probably going to come out at, like, the very tail end of the release. Yeah, Disney's going to fucking sue us. <laughs> Greg, cut this out. <laughs> Too late. Too late, also, guy. Also, uh, you should have done a really bad British accent if you were going to do that. He does this really bad British accent and I, I do that enough. play. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! And the authority, Pip. When Pip's speaking of the authority, he loses the accent. You're just Moon Knight. I am just Moon Knight. But he doesn't lose the accent when he speaks with authority. Doesn't he? On his Emperor's ghost lines, he said that. He said that. He didn't say Emperor. (laughs) He's just. He's just Moon Knight. I am just Moon Knight. I guess. Disney's gonna fucking sue us. Oh, thank you, guy. And who's that? Oh, oh, it's uh, it's me. It's Stefan. He who plays Drix. Um, Drix, not hiding anything. Never. Drix, an extremely normal man with nothing to hide. Normal man with nothing he's to hide. super normal, and you know, he's gonna have a normal time in his normal town. I'm sure. That we're on our way to. You know, after... Yeah, on your way to, up until now. Currently, the Pride of Duskwall has come to an abrupt stop. As Coleman Kanatcher, the mixed Severosi outlaw with Dagral's blood in him, stared daggers into the train, which seems to translate into some sort of uh, large electro shock that moved throughout the entire train, activating the emergency brake, stopping the train just before him. So he and his gang can climb into the now unlocked hatches to try to take the train. Presently, the line bulls are in the crew car. They are uh, not exactly suited up. They currently see three 
whole outlaws uh, popping into the passenger car, and they can hear some folks popping into the uh, office car presently, as well as who knows however many others outside. That's right, it's a fucking train robbery. This isn't a ghost situation. This is horrible. So, line bulls, what are we doing, gang? The electricity for the train is currently uh, off. Well, that's probably problematic. Are there any... There aren't any, uh... I imagine there's emergency lights. We'll say that. There aren't any outlaws in the crew car, are there? Not in the crew car, but you can see them through the window in the passenger car, and presumably uh, they might see you. All right, so... I just, look, I'm not saying we shouldn't do anything, but I would like to point out, this is not a ghost. Technically not our problem. <laughs> yeah, but also if we get robbed, that's coming out of our paycheck, technically. I don't have that much money. You can't hear it, but Drix, since you're not directly participating in this conversation, you could see Mr. McClaremont getting a gun pointed uh, at, his, at his head by one of them, one of the outlaws, and he begins opening up uh, parts of his booth. Aww. Uh, Drix does not say a word. He just stares out of that window with the cold fury that you've never seen come from him before. Anything else? What are you guys, what are you guys thinking? It's a great question. I just want to choose my words carefully because I know at some point you'll be like, alright, discussion time over there's a guy trying to kill you <laughs> that's fair <sighs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if not us then who <sighs> yeah yeah okay <laughs> i just wanted to put it out there obviously we're gonna help no it's it's, it's reasonable all right so we need to figure out a way to get people to safety uh yeah you see they're um rounding up some of the passengers um one of them, one of the three guys, leaves, heads in the direction of the uh, dining car. Should we just start go trying to beat them up? I don't think that'll work very well. There are only three of us, and I'm not that strong. Andrew, you're good at sneaking around, right? I, I am, yeah. So, do you think you could sneak some people out of the train? Uh, into the Deathlands? We have to do something about the fog. Hmm. How many spare masks do we have? Hmm. I feel like, like an airplane, it would be irresponsible to not have precautions for this sort of thing. So there probably are masks in the seats in the passenger car and the parlor car, probably. Suits, though. You don't need a suit to survive in the Deathlands. The main thing is the the choking Deathlands fog. The encounter suit is uh, for you guys, for your own, like, protection. Okay. I can start trying to get people off the train. Yeah, I can get people off the train and then we can deal with this. There is a calm yet deliberate gate. Some footsteps on the roof of the um, the crew car, walking with um, no amount of hurry, passes completely overhead towards the office car where you hear it stop. Passengers are Candace. I think we have to split up. Okay. Uh, Pip, what are your thoughts? Candace will kill us if we let anything happen to the passengers. Well, she might not be around to kill us if we don't. She will come back as a ghost to kill us if we let anything happen to the passengers. Okay. Do you two think you can handle the passengers? I can. I can go and protect Candace. Sure. And then I'll meet you. I'll meet you up there. Okay. Okay. All right. The passengers and our friends too. Hell yeah! We're not letting anyone get hurt. Mm-hmm. So normally the role is against the supernatural, but you guys are not going against the supernatural. Regardless, I would like for you. One of you to take the lead, quote unquote, and roll up our engagement roll to decide how this starts off for you guys. 
Your equipment is right here, but I think I will say being deployed in an orderly fashion would probably be necessary for fully suiting up. Because, like, yeah, you guys could suit up, but things are happening now, baby. Mm-hmm. So you might only be able to, like, grab equipment selectively. Okay. Who 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 wants to roll? Um, I'll take it. Okay. Go for it. So, you completed your apprenticeship. Take plus one. Don't have the support of another gang. I think we're going to still ding you for only being three people. Mm-hmm. So that's minus one. So currently you're at a, you're at a flat zero. Other bulls swear to follow your orders without hesitation. Yeah. <laughs> That's a given at this point. You guys have resolved for this. Have you worked this line area before? You know what, Drix? Drix, I'll give it to you. Okay. Whoa! I'll give it to you. This is your uh, home area. Home. Due to what we know about Drix, it's very likely that Drix probably rode his horse out and about. Like, obviously, we're a little closer to Thorn than Caulfield, but in general... Out and about in this section of Severos, mm-hmm. uh, you're probably familiar. Okay. So, plus one total. All right. Well, 2d6 with a plus one total. That would be a nine plus one ten. Nice. Awesome. Nice. So, you get to pick two. Seizing the initiative, meaning you guys will act before anything further happens. Maintaining an orderly disposition. Bulls deploy where you want them and are ready for action. That'll be you guys able to put your equipment on. Or seizing a particular opportunity or advantage, taking plus one ongoing while exploiting that advantage. So, pick two of those. Okay, so definitely want to seize the initiative because this is happening quickly and we need to be able to get on top of it. Mm-hmm. Maintain an orderly disposition or take an ongoing advantage. What are you guys feeling? I think it'd be nice to have our stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like, you could have some stuff without it, but I will be like, okay, do you want, like, your hook and the web thrower or, like, your suit? <laughs> I also like the idea of an ongoing advantage. Well, we can't have both of them. <laughs> Yeah. So it's it's up to you, Stefan, but you, if you've heard your friends' opinions. <laughs> I can't think of an ongoing advantage, so I'm thinking I'm going to go with orderly disposition so we can get all our stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, everybody, break. Okay, I am inclined to just go start trying to get people. Drix makes the opening move. Oh, okay. <sighs> Drix uh, runs to the back of the crew car, looks out into the office car. Can you see anything? Can you see anyone? Are you like poking your head out? Because we, I think we, we, we've kind of established there's not exactly like an office oh, car yeah, window. Yeah, there's an office car window, right. Okay, uh, yeah, poking my head out. You see Holman Knatcher himself tapping his feet was dude he's like pointing his gun motioning for candace to like open up one of the safes or whatever or tell him something you see she says something and he goes and like cranks some dial uh, and then a bunch of goop spits in his eyes and he's like clawing at it and um candace uh laughs a little bit <laughs> Drix is going for the gun. He's going to lasso that gun away. The window isn't open in oh, the yeah, office car. Yeah. You're just seeing in there from... I'll tell you what, you can definitely do that. What's your entrance? The door from the crew car or the door from the freight box car? Because if you want, you could pop up on the hatch in between because the hatches are between cars. Yeah. And you could run around to the other side if you so choose. Okay. Um, which, which one do you want to do? He's currently facing the door to... The crew car or the freight box car? So I'm going to go to whichever one he's not facing. Not facing the crew car at the moment. Okay, then I'll go I'll go through the crew corridor. I toss it open and, like, whip my lasso out forward to try and grab the gun away. Yeah, roll finesse. Oh, dear. Okay, that is an eight. Okay, which one do you want to do quickly? Without trouble, compromise, or cost? Or stylishly to greater effect without trouble compromise or cost this is a gun i'm not letting kids get shot <laughs> yeah the crew car door closes behind you you open up the office car door um going in between the hatch your lasso immediately comes out because you know where your target is 
it shoots past Coleman Kanasher. Um, you see his eyes follow the lasso, but he's still got like, kind of like tapping his foot, arm crossed the, the lasso, gets around this dude's gun. He's, he's still like clawing at the goop at his eyes. And he's like, oh, Coleman, what the? <laughs> and um, you, you pull the uh, gun back, catch it in your hands. There's like a click of metal as it gets into your gloved hands, followed by another click of metal of the hammer being pulled back on Coleman's gun pointed at you. Oh boy. He looks down at your badge with his eyes. He says, what in tarnation? Typical fucking Colburn. <laughs> uh, Ooh, they're looking at their notes. That's how you know something's about to happen. Metal Colburn before, have you? Yeah. I met the man whose blood they wiped off to make that badge nice and shiny for you. Weren't for me, you wouldn't have the thing at all. Well, then I suppose I should be curtsying for you now, shouldn't I? Well, it would be awful nice if you just step aside and leave the Emperor's ill-gotten goods for me. Least you could do. Not here. There's another click <laughs> from one of the drawers. Candace has produced a gun. And she yeah, says, bitch! Yeah, I don't owe you shit. <laughs> and she fires. Uh, yeah, bitch! Cutting to you guys. What are you two doing? So I was just going to try and sneak people out. Guy, I don't know if you had any ideas about... You're here, so I assume you have something to contribute. <laughs> okay, so... Even with your shitty, shitty finesse score. <laughs> it's a plus one. It could be worse. Oh, what's your shitty sc- Of force, then? Uh, I don't know. Insight and force are both zeros. Okay. I think what I would like to do is, for the passengers like that we can't get off the train... Just because of the nature of the dining car and basically, like, you can't see anyone on the outside. If you're in the booth, you could try and, like, hide them in there. Make sure that they're, like, okay. Well, why can't we get them off the train? Because it seems like they kind of started towards, like, the back of the train or working their way forwards. If they started at the office They're car. in the passenger car. Yeah, there's there's two of them in the passenger car right now. They're, they are, uh, I'll tell you this, you guys would know, they, they just sort of jumped on very specific cars, but they there's no, like, rhyme or reason to it. They, they popped in from the hatches in between cars, because with all the electricity gone, they're, like, unlocked, anybody can open them up. Okay. Actually, I think normally anybody can open them up, but... So we should be able to get people off the train. Alright. And yeah, I don't really have any other ideas. Okay. I was thinking of, like, worst case scenario of just, like, what if we can't do this? Like, what to do so well i feel like let's try and do this and then if it goes to shit we'll figure it out from there you can always also provide a distraction should things uh pip is great at doing that that's true we can either both try and sneak people out or i can try and sneak people out and you can help i think the best thing would be for you to try and sneak people out and pip to be a distraction just because if worse comes to worse and like they start fighting pip pip can take the hits all right, why don't you uh, do your distraction first, then? All right, so they're in the passenger car. Yeah, there's two of them. One of them seems to be trying to keep control of um, most of the passengers, like the creepy, lanky, uh, daggerite kid is just staring at him. <laughs> um, and he's waving his gun at other people, but he's also enthralled. <laughs> um, and then meanwhile, another one just has a gun pointed towards Mr. McClaremont's head as he's like cleaning out and opening up what's like valuable in his little booth. So Pip is going to, uh, he goes to the cupboard and takes out a very particular bottle. Out of all of the bottles that are in the cupboard, this one's sort of, like, up on the, like, highest shelf and, like, doesn't really get 
touched, there's like a fine layer of dust. Like not even Pip goes to this one. It is maybe 200 proof, which <laughs> which means it is pain. Are you about to throw a fucking Molotov cocktail? No, no, no. Pip's like, I've been training my whole life for this. Grabs the bottle, takes a swig, and then stumbles into the passenger car pretending to be drunk. Nice. <laughs> With like the mouth full of this highly toxic material. Just in case, you know, anyone gets close enough, then, you know, blind them. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you employing here? Uh, unfortunately, there is no guile stat, and Pip is not finesse? great at that. Yeah, I think finesse. Yeah, the goal is you want to distract these two. Would, would this be finesse, or would this be, like, me trying to assist Andrew with my finesse? Remember, when you assist, it's an option you pick from something you roll. That's so you still need to pick true. something to roll. But yeah, I know this makes sense. You're you're trying to assist Andrew by getting the attention of these two by being a rowdy hostage. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have anywhere where this is going to sit straight. That is a total of five. So that is a failure. Mm. Rip. I do none of it. So there's two guys here. Maybe they recognize me from when I was giving Coleman a hard time at the... Uh... Yeah, yeah. I was also going to ask, as you've noticed, there's not a, a spirit right now. So I haven't had time to ask you guys about like, whose name do they call? Or like, what what, what do you recognize about this, this thing? So I guess, Pip, how would we tell these two guys apart? What's different about one? What's different about the other? I'm so tempted to give you this stupid thing. All right, so <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to do it. There are three that Pip can visibly see or could sort of like see like coming on. One has a red scarf. One has a blue scarf, and one has a green scarf. Okay, okay. The one with the red scarf has the letter A emblazoned on their red scarf. <laughs> God fucking damn it. God fucking damn it. <laughs> you fucking asshole. Uh, okay, yeah, so Alvin's in there. Um... <laughs> Is that his name? Sure, um, but uh, the green one uh, is the one who uh, headed in the direction of the parlor car, so you got red and blue in here. So you open it up, <laughs> give me a little drunkenness. How do you do, gentlemen, sir? Pip just sort of like stumbling back and forth with uh, the bottle in hand. The blue one's pointing a gun at Mr. McClaremont. Is like, hey, get that guy under control. And the other, the crowd control guy, uh, pulls his gaze away from uh, the biker kid. He's like, yeah, now listen, you, you... Holy shit! You're one of them lion bulls. We're, we're robbing you. We're robbing you. I got a I got a gun and I ain't afraid to use it. You you sh oh son of a bitch! Hey, this is that guy. What was giving Coleman a hard time back in Irondale? Oh bugger! Yeah, Angel, what do you want to do? These two are distracted theoretically, but probably because they're about to do some violence. Like they're not about to shoot him. I drew their attention. <laughs> it is not gonna last long. Yeah, right. they're gonna, well, they're going to start beating Pip up, is what well, it is. Well, <laughs> you know, okay I trust it. Pip to take blows. So I am, I think, just going to sneak in there and try and start taking passengers out. Sure. Um, that's a ten. I would like to do it quickly and avoid trouble compromise the cost. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So popping through the doors and the hatches between cars, you're able to start to spirit some of these folks away. You open up one spot, poke your head in. Look to the left, look to the right, and you are immediately confronted with a tongue. <laughs> staring, mouth wide open and a smile, tongue hanging out, is the biker kid. He's like two inches from your face. Uh, uh, hey buddy, we're gonna, we're gonna go, we should go. My hero. Oh, don't, okay, you're welcome. You and I look to be about the same age. 
Are we? How old are you? I turn 15 next month. Oh my god. We're almost the same age. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know if you look older or younger, but you definitely look different. (sighs) My mother always used to like my smile best. Did she? (laughs) (laughs) He, um, his tongue goes into his mouth and his teeth clack down together perfectly. No, you gotta Uh, keep the noise down. And he, uh, he begins to move past you with his long limbs sort of swishing over you. Like, thank you very much. Oh my god. I think having to have that conversation was a trouble compromise of cost. Um, fair. As you're moving them out, Pip, uh, Angel calls over her shoulder, Hey, my mom's dead too! <laughs> So's my dad! Pip, these two are, are going to be busy giving you a vicious beating, which would normally be two harm reduced to one because you're all suited up. Obviously you can act later, but at the start they're like, Come on! Think you're so fucking smart, smarter than boss! Beating you up, and Angela will start get, getting everybody out. Meanwhile, back in the office car, Candace fires. Yes, babe! Candace <gasps> fires directly at Coleman Kanatcher. Coleman's eyes widen. It's fear, Drix, but it's fear that an animal gets in its eyes before it bites. At first, you think you're experiencing a purely mental situation where time seems to slow down, but you realize it's not time that's slowed down. Everything happens the exact same, but the bullet slows till it's visible um, all at once, stopping sharply right before Coleman's face and falling to the ground in a manner not unlike Hecla's blade falling before Walker. Um, You know for a fact that this was human magic, but you haven't at the moment grasped where any of his power might be coming from. And you see his eyes crackle a blue and the gun in Candace's hands crackles with electricity and sort of just pops. She drops it as it does and it hurts her hand a little bit. She's like, ah, fuck! (laughs) And um, at that moment, though, he has dropped his gun pointing in your direction. Candace, you need to run. (laughs) Drix Drix is going to... Okay, alright, 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 alright. You got this, you got this. Yeah, I think I know what Drix is gonna do. I think, I assume Kanatra's wearing an overcoat, right? Yeah, uh, of course. <laughs> it's a cool outlaw. <laughs> I mean, of course, of course. Is it closed or is it open? I think it's cooler if it's open. Yeah, I, I like that, I like that. Um, okay. I'm trying to figure out how he can disrobe Coleman. <laughs> I mean, do you have your dust barrier, theoretically? Could you use that to, like, kind of Push it off of him. Ooh, shred his coat? Yeah, go for it. Yeah! Alright, Drix is going to activate the Boulder Knight barrier, and then he's going to run up and physically, like, get behind Coleman, try and shred that coat off of him. He wants to open up as much of Coleman to visibility as possible, so that eventually he'll be able to figure out where he's drawing power from. Sure, sure, sure. Do you want to, like, put any extra violence to it for force, or is this purely a finesse thing you're thinking? I'm thinking finesse. Okay. Oh, wait. Don't I have those other things now? Mm-hmm. The exoskeleton suit? Yeah, yeah we, have, we have the exosuit, right? Drix's uh, encounter suit is not standard with a canvas and banded male look. There's also an additional metal exosuit style, but not in like a full robot suit, just like a single piece of metal and like things for motion at the joints areas for lightning oil. Drix expends lightning oil 
in order to give a plus one for something physical, which, I mean, I, I would count it for a finesse, too, if you wanted. Okay. This was because our line balls kept on asking for lightning oil <laughs> to be used uh, in non-equipment uses. Yeah, all right. After activating that Vulgernite barrier, he's going to pump a lightning oil into this suit. And yeah, he's going to move up to Coleman, twist around him, and then, like, grab him in a headlock and let the Vulgernite barrier shred that jacket. Sure, sure, sure. That would be an eight. Oh damn! Even with everything. Yeah. Uh, okay. What's the one you What's the one you want to do? Quickly, trouble compromise or cost or stylishly to greater effect. Greater effect. I want to find out where this motherfucker is drawing power from. So here's the thing. You go to move for it, and at first he like preps for you to like come at him head on with the gun. And the other guy takes a little bit of damage from the the rocks, shredding him up, takes one harm. As you lock him up, you see he stops and he relaxes for a bit, seeing just that the coat shreds up. At that same time, Candace moves into the crew car, and Coleman says, Now what might you be trying to do? I'm simply holding you in place so that my employer may escape scot-free. Your employer? The Empire? Kind of work. You sound like you might be from my way, though. Severosi working for the Imperials? I mean, it, it pays. It doesn't pay. Uh, who am I kidding? It never pays. <laughs> but look, I'm not going to let you hurt a train full of good people. I get having beef with the Empire, but Candace did nothing wrong. You have no idea the scale of the wrongs that this railway has supported. I'm starting to think that it's uh, useless talking to you. And at that, you see like another shadowy Coleman erupt from the Coleman in front of you. He zips ahead, sliding as though he were moving from his feet, scoops up the revolver that you left, and as it turns around and points at you, the Coleman that you're holding disappears in a flash of light. Oh, fantastic. Also, bold of him to be like, there's nothing left to talk about with you, because you just made this a philosophical debate on Trix's part. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I can't believe this is the work of an enemy stand. <laughs> but yeah, and he um, gun point at you again. I must say that's a neat trick. A lot like spinning. Neat trick? No, you see, now this is power. Human power. Power that we have. That everybody could have. Everybody should have. The Emperor hoards it all for himself. I'm not here to tell you you're wrong. But there's bigger targets. Why rob a train full of children? <laughs> Now, in my defense, I didn't know it was going to be full of ankle biters. <laughs> well, you literally stopped a train full of children. And I imagine you could stop a train with, I don't know, ministry officials. That might be something worth looking into. Oh, actually, we just left a town with a corrupt judge. Maybe that would have been something to deal with. Oh, I know. I've sorted out what I needed to there. Did you, though? So was you. Weren't all me. All right. Cards on the table. You didn't sort shit. No, we're acquiring a war chest. We're going to take the fight to the Emperor once we're ready. Oh, a war chest. Well, what's it going to do? What What makes that so special? I figured out tricks you couldn't believe. Well, teach me, then. Mm, see, I would, but it's looking an awful lot like another day, brother. <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> I mean, sure as the sun shines. Coleman's grin grows wide. Meanwhile, 
Uh, yeah, so Pip getting uh, beaten up. <laughs> Andrew, you're moving out. Mr. McClaremont, he's like, thank you kindly, Andrew, but um, I'm most concerned for those uh, up ahead. One of those fellows uh, with a green, a green scarf moved forward. Said he wanted to talk to the conductor, which I think he thought was the engineer. Oh, God. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go in through one of the hatches near the front. Hopefully Pip can get himself out of trouble. Okay. Pip, I, at the end of the day, I trust Pip to withstand a beating more than I trust Trevor to withstand a beating. <laughs> oh! <laughs> it's ironic. You'd think he'd be used to it by now. Yeah. Hey, yo. <laughs> do I want to make this uncomfortable and unpleasant for them, or do I want to keep him distracted for as long as I can? Oh my god, is Pip gonna say daddy? <laughs> I thought about it. I genuinely thought about it. Say daddy, say daddy, say daddy. You know what? You could say daddy if you want. (laughs) All right. Yeah. So they're like, they're like beating you up. Like, think you're so fucking, think you're so fucking special. Harder, daddy. Cool. (laughs) Yeah, that's a freebie for you guys. There you go. What do you think you're playing here? Roll for me. Uh, that finesse steal. I don't know. Uh, I could see it being steel. I think it's the steel to say the words harder, yeah, it's, daddy. I it's, think the listener is making a steel yeah. roll. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is, I, I think this is a steel roll because like, I'm trying to outlast them. Basically like, I'm letting them get it sort of like yeah, out of their are. system. <laughs> oh, you're letting them get it, you say. <laughs> oh, God. What have I opened myself up to? Oh, God. Sexual awareness day was like four days ago. Well, it ain't today. Asexual people are fully capable of making doing bits. That's true. (laughs) I've been doing it the entire time. I don't want to suffer more trauma or harm, I think. That makes sense. They're raining blows down upon me, and like Pip is basically like waiting for the opportunity when they're just like, yeah, that's enough. And it's like, you fools, you have wasted your energy. Yeah, roll steel. That is an 8 plus 2. That is a 10. So I do none of the things. Hell yeah. You say that and they're like, hold on. Hold on. What was that? Yeah, they stopped stopped beating you up. What the hell? What in tarnation did you just say? You heard me good and well. (laughs) Or is it that standing here you realize you're just like me? The blue one says... No, I think I think he's one of them masochists. He gets he gets a uh, sexual pleasure from having people beat him up, and the uh, red scarf's like, "Well, hold on, where does the daddy come in on it? I you know, don't tell me he's attracted to his father." And the blue one says, "Of course he's not attracted to his father, but you know, you ever see like an attractive older person, and you're like, damn, she's a bit of a she's a bit of a, a mommy, like an attractive mommy." No, I ain't never attracted to no mama for the motion of her being a mama? That's crazy! <laughs> they're thoroughly distracted from even beating you While up. While they're distracted, I'd like to do something. If that's acceptable by you. No, that's exactly what you get to do. Cool. I'm going to use my ghost grabbing gloves for this while they're distracted, and just grab their heads, and just like knock them out against each other. So, yeah. this is a force yeah. roll. I will use... This is a force roll, and in fact, go ahead and take plus one. Dope, because I'm using my grabbing gloves. Well, I was going to say also because they're, they're distracted. They are also distracted. <laughs> but I'm also using the right tools for the job. I would like to also use... Mm, 
three lightning oil, I want to I want to make this count. Clown him. <laughs> Perfect. So that is six on the dice plus one for they are distracted plus three. That is a ten. Nice. Yeah. What's the two you want to do? I would like to inflict great harm and create an opportunity. Namely, I want them to be stunned. Yeah, yeah. Stunned enough that, like, I can tie him up. I think we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> the gloves power up while they're talking. Andrew, you're headed towards... Yeah. Locomotive? Uh, yeah. Are the people in the parlor car? Are there more passengers that need helping first? Um, so you you never did see the guy from the parlor car come back. Theodore. Damn you, Theodore. Is the green one Theodore? I think so, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, it is. Can I, like, poke my head through the window? Or sure, yeah, 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 you just, you poke your head to look. Exiting the parlor car, being led by the man with the gun, are the kid with the, the helmet and mask, and the Aruvian and Akarosi boy that were traveling together. Looking uh, weirdly calm and bored, but traveling now across the threshold of the observation car. Interesting. Um, so, like, they don't see you because of the weird windows. Are they headed towards Pip or away from him? They're headed towards Pip. This guy was presumably rounding people up okay. for, uh, to bring to the passenger car. Okay, then I will, I will entrust them to you, guy. Cool. And I will head towards the... Is the parlor car empty otherwise? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I will entrust them to you, guy. I'm gonna head towards the locomotive. Cool. Oh, also, uh, just for, like, the thematic consistency, do you want to say, like, the harm that I took in return was the beating they gave me beforehand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I also, I, I don't know how you're counting movement, but I am quick with Jiminy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, passenger to power observation. Normally we've done it, like, moving a whole train car is like a move, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, so, two, to get to that observation car, which is fine because you're swift, mm-hmm. you could, like, keep moving, and then that's, like, your thing. Hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. We'll cut back to you, but um, for right now, yeah, with, with Jiminy, you're on top of the train. Jiminy... For the listeners, has little magnet booties, and he's got a little dog mask. You're able to peek down. You see Trevor tied up and gagged. Oh, Trevor! Meanwhile, in the office car, Coleman says, All right, now aren't you just a little bit of a puzzle here? Clearly, you must have some roots in an arcane fortress, and yet you're here working for the Emperor, trying to defend these folk to me. I'm not working for the- I'm sorry, what's that badge say? The the Emperor signs my paychecks, but I'm here to protect people. (laughs) Same as you, presumably. It's just for me, that includes all people. (laughs) Brother, I ain't here to protect people, I'm here to hurt what needs hurting. (sighs) Fine, fine. And you know what? I can respect that. Some people deserve hurting. But what does attacking the Pride of Duskwall get you, and how can I just make it go away? You can explain to me what clearing out the arcane fortress of Kamash was worth. You could convince the Emperor not to do it. <sighs> so this happened when you were young, Drix. You know, Drix, that the arcane fortress of Kamash was uh, raided. Occupants either killed or ousted. All the artifacts gone. That was your first reminder of the importance of how secret you needed to be. A point to remind you that the Emperor is greedy and he wants what we have. Yeah. You're... you're from Kamash. Yeah. But now it's no more. So, Coleman Kamash becomes Coleman Kanachim. Understandable. Um, God, that's terrible. I'm, I'm sorry. I never even got to see it proper. Yeah? My mother 
raised me in the dagger isles with my father. Promised that once I was old enough to undertake such a journey, I'd get to see it. <sighs> I wish you got to. And I wish that I got to say the words you and I just exchanged to my country folk. To people who believed in it. Not this traitor who's coming here trying to tell me to leave a train alone. There are, there are better ways to strike back at the Empire. And believe me, I'm working at it. Just piece by piece, day by day, little by little. But it, you can't just put innocent people in danger. We're no better than them if we do that. Better men than the Emperor die all the time. Only somebody worse can kill him. I don't think that's true. I know he can be hurt. He squints for a moment. His eyes flash. All right, so you believe that. Which means I'm almost inclined to believe you. Once again, he's cast a spell this time. You still don't know what his source is. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> Trix is definitely like scanning up and down his body. Just like If you'd like, you could roll an I'm insight. I'm absolutely going to roll an insight check. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's gonna be a tough one, but I'm gonna try. Oh, fuck. Uh, right, wait. I have a dice tray. Why didn't I use a dice? Would Drix have a plus one for knowing magic? Would Drix have a plus one for knowing magic? Or, like, at least knowing oh, what Drix has for. the capacity for knowing magic. This is the, what allows him to make the roll. Well, it's, it's more like he knows what he's looking for, though, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why he can make the roll. You couldn't do this. Oh, absolutely not. Andrew couldn't do this. <laughs> Fair. Okay, I, I rolled a seven total, so... Okay. That's a success. That's a successful insight. Yeah! Drake yeah. oh, rolled shit. a success on an insight check! What's the what's the question you'd like? I'm, I'm between what's really going on here and what should I be on the lookout for, because I feel like both things could be used to get that. <laughs> <sighs> what's really going on here would, might, might be better. Okay. Yeah, what's really going on here? So, for a moment... You do have a genuine worry <laughs> that, that, that Coleman Catcher is somehow a true magician, like the Immortal Emperor, <laughs> and like, holy shit, that'd be insane. But he hasn't, like, vaporized anybody, because that would be horribly wasteful. There's, like, a method of sensing what's an appropriate battery that you know, and you give that a try, and you find no such thing in the office car, but... In searching for what power could be drawn, you notice, well, let's just say, like, connected lines. Like, you see connections between Coleman, Kanatran, and other things. You see a connection between Coleman leading into the freight boxcar, and then another connection, a couple more connections, leading further, like, past the crew car. The only thing you, you sense there, you didn't notice up until now, and this isn't, like, a normal thing. Like, you can't normally use this, but there's something weirdly battery-shaped in the freight boxcar. It feels a little too uh, human, for lack of a better word. Oh. Hmm. So nothing I can take off him, but I am definitely going to investigate that later. <laughs> yeah. All right, look, Coleman. I get it. I understand wanting to strike back against the Empire. None of us line bulls have any love for it. And if we can do something, then we'd like to. Just... Work with us, not against us. He uh, stops to think for a moment. He uh, takes his guy's extra revolver. That that fellow is on the ground still scraping at the goop in his eyes. And he uh, puts a hand on his shoulder and he says, Now listen, you just stay right there, Gramp. I'm going to keep your peace. Don't want you shooting any eyes out. I'll repeat what I asked you when all I knew about you was that name on your badge. Stay out my way. We're just going to relieve this here train. 
of all the Emperor's ill-gotten goods. And, uh, perhaps they had nobody else to die. And you see he looks at the big mess in the office car of trick puzzle locks and cabinets and things, closes his eyes for a second, inhales, and you get the sense that he's drawing on these power sources. When he opens up his eyes, it's like a flashlight coming out of them, and he's like looking things over and begins to tentatively make moves on it. But other than that, he's turned his back on you. He's left you. <sighs> Trix is thinking heavily. What's the war chest? He stops for a moment. And it continues. Once we arrived to Kamash, my uh, my mother hermited herself inside of it. Not uncommon for magicians, I know. Uh, me and the boys here, we started squatting there ourselves. Main way to live outside of the Emperor's influence. And you see, he like opens up like one cabinet and starts stuffing some, some stuff into his like pockets. Gonna build Kamash back up. Strike at the Emperor. Once I'm good and ready. Continues fiddling. So question for Greg. <clears throat> yeah. We know that things things that were around the Immortal Emperor before before he became all powerful can't have the have the ability to damage him. Right? Okay, I don't know about anything. Yeah. But Booker distracted him, had his attention, emotionally wounded him. Mm-hmm. And Andrew, I think I think I think you explained the dagger thing, the lamring shard. E maybe. <laughs> But, it's uh, been a while. Yeah, it's been a minute. You explained some amount because you were let off by Gualim with these two. Oh, right. Yeah. You just specifically left out Annie Tompkins. The demon princes seem to believe that the emperor's own dagger is able to harm him. Okay. Which gives some credence to it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It makes sense, too. Will you wait? Only so long a man can wait. But I'm in the process of that. We're gonna find out. We're working on finding out how exactly he can be hurt. We've seen... We've seen it happen, but we don't know exactly how it works yet. And we know someone we can talk to. Seen it happen, you say? Well, recording. He stops and he says, uh, hmm. Let me see it. And he opens up his eyes. (laughs) 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 Fair enough. Andrew. Uh, In the locomotive. It's just one guy, right? No, there's nobody in the locomotive. Just Trevor. Just Trevor. Trevor tied gang. up. Oh, Trevor God. tied up. Okay, I'm going to go down and untie Trevor then. <laughs> oh, Andrew. Oh, this sucks. Yeah, okay. Oh, I thought there was a guy, so I was like, hey, hey, maybe move out of the way. But then he, he hit us with lightning and oh, oh, Andrew, this sucks. Yeah, I know it sucks. All right, are you good? Andrew, I didn't want to. Ooh, I didn't want to have to tell anybody. But we, oh, this is real bad, Andrew. This is real bad. Why? What's happening? Oh. Other than the obvious. You see the uh, do not open closet. Authorized personnel only. <laughs> oh uh, no! Is like a little bit open. Oh, the the fuse broke. The fuse broke. End up. I uh, he's uh, he's loose. He's escaped. What? The fuse escaped. He opens up the the little closet. And there is a large version of that, like, spinal hull container thing. You gotta, you gotta let me finish everything here, okay? <laughs> okay? I'm not a train baby, but I had my dad in here. I don't know anything about the train. You had your dad in here? He's the train. Dad's the train. Your dad's the, okay. Jesus, <laughs> fuck. I don't know anything. I, I only, I'm a spark boy. I'm a spark boy. My dad was the train. Your dad. Out. So your dad, okay. Uh, 
I know we are in a limited time, but I need I need to understand this. I'm not a train, baby. He was a guy, and then he died, and then I well, I was into Sparkcraft, so I was like, oh, we can save your dad, and he was like, okay, if you think you could do it, son. And you made your dad a hull, and your dad has been driving the train the whole time. But he's, but he's he's not entirely himself, and it's my fault. Oh, I. With the whole Gafoe thing, I, I got really worried because when I was working with my dad, I thought I could handle him with electric tools, and I, I heard him. I heard his spirit when I was moving him in, and he's not the same. He doesn't talk. He knows who I am, but he doesn't talk. You could, I, okay. I heard him because I bottled him, and I, I didn't want him to... Okay. And now he's out, and he's Trevor. just scared, and he's confused, and it's all my fault! Trevor, calm down. We're gonna get your dad. I'm gonna get your dad. Uh, I have a lot of logistical questions for after this, but right now, I'm gonna get your dad. Which way did he go? <laughs> he probably just went towards where people are. I don't know, he's a ghost. People he's... are outside. No, no, the people, the people that tried to tie me up and hurt me. Oh, God. Okay, I'm gonna go get your dad, Trevor. D- don't do anything else, please. I'll try to see if I can get it up and running again. Okay, yeah, do that. Thank you. Uh, uh, oh, God. Um, feel better. I don't know. (laughs) I don't have time to emotionally (laughs) handle this. Goodbye. (laughs) I'm gonna start booking it on Jiminy through the train (laughs) to see if I can find Trevor's father. Cool. Inside or outside? (sighs) Inside. Cool. You go through the parlor car, the hot tub's like bubbling, which is weird because the power's off, but you uh, move forward. I don't have time. You don't have time to examine what's going on there. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you, uh, you get into the observation car and you see some shapes moving, one on each of the walls and the windows. Also don't have time to examine that. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I'm going, I'm finding his dad. Pip can handle this. You get into the dining car. You get into the dining car. Go ahead and give me a detail for the bandit that you find stuffing his face with an eel pie before he uh, pulls his gun up on you. Um, uh, there's he's got a big mustache and the eel is getting in it. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. He's got a big mustache, the eel's getting in it. And he, uh, yeah, he sees you like skittering in Jiminy and he goes, whoa, and he pulls his gun up. <laughs> to matrix just like evasive maneuvers out of the way. Oh my god. Not matrix, I suppose. You have Jiminy Dodge. Yes, I'm evasive maneuvering. If I were being shot at, I'd simply run into zigzag. Yes. (laughs) Serpentine, serpentine. Yes. Serpentine, serpentine. uh, Roll me your finesse. If I was being shot, I would simply dodge. I would simply not be shot. I don't have time for this! Oh, that's a five. Snake eyes, baby. I can't believe Andrew just got shot. It's fine. Yeah, Andrew. She has um, armor. I have take, armor. Take uh, three damage from deadly weapons, reduced to two. Okay. Ow. You're shot at it like. Well, actually, it is better if it goes clean through. I'm gonna be honest with you. Okay. Um, that is that is how bullets work. Um, Can I keep running though? Sorry, I was gonna say that's the thing that you don't get to do. Oh, okay. Uh, the bullet goes clean through as you fall off of Jiminy, slam into one of the uh, mirrored booths, jostling it open and uh, sliding out with one hand worked out of being tied up is uh, Greta. 
who leaps clear across the booth towards a knife she left on the counter. And that's where we're going to cut off. Hi, Greta! <laughs> Pip, these guys uh, are knocked out. What are you doing as uh, <laughs> the children are led in by the green scarf guy? Okay. Uh... Yeah, he comes in and he goes, One tarnation! Both my brothers! Uh, no, this is this is the pride of Duskwall, actually. There's no time to waste for this. In the shock as he's leading children in, I'm going to just try and take the opportunity and, like, rush him down. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm assuming I don't get, like, anything for surprise as he comes in, despite, you know, being surprised. The surprise round isn't really a thing in Ghost Lines. Not really a thing here. Because it's surprising for you to... You weren't, you weren't set. Yeah. If somebody had used a move or something to give you, like, an advantage, I could be like, ah, I'm going to advantage. But just a straight roll. Straight roll. I have one more lightning oil. How do I want to do this? Force is one of my worst stats. But... But I believe in you. Can't win without gambling. I don't know if I want to use my last lightning oil. You know what? Yeah, but we're going all in. I'm going to use my last lightning oil for this. Go for it. Go all in. That was very lucky. Because I got another ten with that plus one. Sick! Which two do you want to do? Inflict great harm, suffer little harm in return, drive them back, seize something, or create an opportunity? Uh, I would like to create... I, I'd like to... Mm. He's got a gun. Mm-hmm. She's got a He's gun! Got a gun. <laughs> I'm also going to establish that he has a knife. Okay. So, I like that. I like that opportunity, or seizing it. I'm going to create an opportunity, I guess seizing something, and I'm going to take his knife. And because I am so close, this is now up close and personal combat. Having, you know, some kind of melee physical weapon is going to be a lot better than having any sort of, like, gun where, like... I see you are not a practitioner of gun combat. So you're going to suffer a little harm in turn? Actually, no. I'm going to inflict great harm and then seize the opportunity. Okay. Because I'm not too worried about taking hits, as I've said. Hell yeah. He gets one shot off. The anchor suit is all heavy metal and nonsense, so this one does actually hit metal. It still fucking hurts, though. And in fact, drive some of it into your skin through the canvas. Ow. Take two harm, because the other weapon's reduced to two, but you, like, immediately get all up in on it. And yeah, what do you want to do? He keeps the knife in his boot, so I go low, grab the knife, and, like, slash him across the chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets slashed. He falls over. The Iruvian kid goes... A little sloppy, but gets the results. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I suppose for the critique, I will keep it in mind for next time. All right, everyone off the train. You three, I'm going to see if I remember my knots. <laughs> Pip says to, to two unconscious dudes and another that like... He's out, out. He needs medical attention. Green thief needs food badly. Hey, so Trix, Coleman looks to the spirit box in the office car. Is it right in there? That's the place. Now, I've robbed enough of these trains to know that they often delete the recordings. But it happened in this train car, you said. Yep. Right in here. Drix wistfully looks to where Hecla was dusted. Yeah. He closes his eyes for a minute and actually lifts a hand. You see, he needs to do a little bit more for this one. He's not doing any Severosi magic. You see, what he's doing is he's whispering into the ghost Yo! field. Yeah, he's tuning to the ghost field. <laughs> Holy shit, that's so good. Yeah. yeah. He opens up and he starts presumably looking at what's happened. After a few seconds, he uh, shakes his head, closes his eyes. Walkers, huh? Bit on the nose, ain't it? Tell me about it. Honestly, uh, kind of genius because no one would ever expect something so stupid. Well, I don't exactly know where he might keep him, but the way I figure it... Each one of those is another poked eye for the Emperor. 
I'll hunt him down. Real quiet, systematic lack. Don't worry. Nobody else will get hurt. Yeah. You know what? Fine. <laughs> Amazing. It's, it's, it's the Emperor. What am I supposed to do? I saw Hecla get obliterated. If you can do it, then you should. But also, can you? Mistake that that poor woman made was trying to have a conversation with him. The way I see it, I'll go in, get him when he's least expecting it. Then the Emperor can't act. Coleman Knatcher's gonna get fucking obliterated. I want that twink obliterated. Or Mr. Walker, that normal man. No, I I think Coleman Knatcher's gonna get fucking obliterated. I'm not gonna say it again. Just know I'm thinking it. Just be sure that you can make it happen if you're gonna do it. Last thing you need is that. You're talented. Really talented. Thank you for noticing. How did you get so good? I was never that good with magic. Desperate times. And, um, I suppose I started all the, uh, the eye puns, but, um, it also takes a good amount of foresight. By foresight, I mean effort. I mean, really thinking things through. I got all the angles, the full lowdown on this train of yours. I know the damn thing in and out. Probably even better than you. Except that there were children on board. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know your passengers. <laughs> But there ain't a single part of this train that could surprise me. And at that exact yes! moment, <laughs> at that exact moment, there is a train whistle noise. Jesus Christ, Greg! That's very funny to just see, like, the big block on Zencaster. I'm just like, mm. <laughs> The big block yeah, in that's... my fucking ear! <laughs> oh my god. A misshapen, almost like dry ice. Mostly spirits are spectral and misty, but this one, it's it's heavier than the air. Dripping parts. This is a, a something of a fucked up spirit. Reaches in. The only defining feature you can find is a big, thick mustache. A big, thick, fiery mustache? Yeah, you find it reminiscent of the mustache on the train. It grabs Coleman Knatcher and slams him against Eudrix. Uh... <laughs> Drix, <laughs> Drix, go ahead and take two harm for a manifestation <laughs> attack by a ghost. <laughs> All right, uh, here we thanks go. Thanks to the Vulture Night Barrier. Uh, that's, that's a one. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I'm going to once, I assume you're, you looked yeah, at me. Yeah, so Andrew. I would like to once again try an evasive maneuver as my way out of here. <laughs> This is a. Oh, uh, oh so, 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 three describe the scene. Yeah. So, Greta's, Greta's reached over, one hand free, grabbed the knife from the counter. Jiminy is like skidding to a, a halt, growling at this uh, guy who's like pointing his gun between Greta, you, and Jiminy. You're on the ground, bullet clean through, with blood seeping out. Um, let's do shoulder. Shoulder's always a, an attractive spot to put a put a bullet wound because you can have like the whole. Not like a physically attractive, but like, yeah, but, like aesthetically is cool to have somebody like holding their arm. So, you're doing that. A lot of heat in your, your shoulder, Andrew. I would like to scramble onto Jiminy and get the fuck out of here. Okay. I need to get the train! Okay. Is Finesse good again? Sure. Okay. Much better. That is a 10. Okay. Which do you want to do? I'm going to go quickly and no trouble compromiser cost. I'm just going to get my ass onto Jiminy and yell, You've got this, Greta! <laughs> I gotta go get the train! 
you get onto Jiminy, sail right past the guy who uh, he fires one shot off. The last thing you notice is uh, Greta's on him with the knife, but he also pulls the gun over, and as the door closes, you hear a shot. Mm, she's got it, probably. If you kill Greta off, I'll be mad. Um, I'm gonna be mad. I mean, to be fair, if I did kill Greta here, you kill her. <laughs> Not really. What, by trusting her independence? Sure, sure. <laughs> Greta will fight better when she's not protecting a child. Uh, so you move forward past the dining car. It's the passenger car where you see Pip tying some guys up. Hi, Pip! Bye, Pip! What was Actually, Andrew stops really quick and she goes, Can I have your ghost grabbing gloves? I think I'm gonna need to grab a ghost. <laughs> Actually, wait, never mind. I'll use my web thrower. Bye! Pip finishes up with like a last tie, which probably has the, the chipmunks, I guess, grunt. <laughs> yeah. As Andrew leaves, she also yells, "Go check on Greta!" On it. Uh, Pip gives the knife to the rich-looking, like very serious fellow. He's <laughs> yeah. like, "You're in charge. If they do anything, figure it out." Says, "Damn right, I'm in charge." <laughs> <laughs> he takes the knife, wipes a little blood off of it, and then like tosses it in the air and catches it. Uh, yeah, Pip goes to check on Greta. You pop in there, you see a uh, knife the fuck up, dude with a big mustache. He's like bleeding out, there's a knife there. Empress Mercy, what happened here? Greta's holding her side, bleeding a bunch. I I, I was sure to tell him, like, like, ticket please. We've been doing that, right? <laughs> yeah, I thought it'd be cool if I was like, I got him and I was like, ticket please. You should sh- punched his ticket, that's, that's for sure. Come on, let's, let's, let's get you fixed up. Oh, oh, this is, uh, yep, it's not great. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I guess I don't really have, like, anything for, like, violet remedy. Crimson elixirs, that's the healing one. If you want, you could spend a favor to have been like, ah, <laughs> I have one. You were by Mr. McClaremont's booth. You could have grabbed one as you left, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. If, if you want to do that, I'll spend the favor for it. Just go ahead and spend the favor to have yeah. a crimson elixir, and yeah, you can have it. I spend one of my four favor to have a crimson elixir to give to Greta, and like proper medical stuff, like some bandages, etc. She takes the elixir and she goes, all right, that's probably no good if I... She reaches into her wound and she pulls out a bit of the bullet. She's like, oh, oh, why did I think that was a good idea? Oh, oh, that sucks. Oh, don't worry, my my hands are food safe, so I'm probably good. I'm probably good. <laughs> and she, she drinks the crimson elixir, uh, and the wound starts to stitch up a little bit superficially. That was hardcore. Well, Pippin McKeel, you know, you know me. Yeah, just effortlessly attractive. <laughs> yep. Uh, go, go, boy! <laughs> As you uh, start to leave, the door on the other side opens up, and uh, Trevor runs over, and he's like, Pip, Pip! to go, but um, I have zero clue where Georgie is right now. <laughs> I keep hearing kind of like an angry meep meep meeping noise somewhere in the parlor car when I start calling for her, but I need to go for other reasons. Can you check on her? <laughs> this no, is a disaster. It's so badly. You know what? Sure. Alright. Let's go. So into the parlor car? Uh, yeah, but that's where we'll stay for now, as Trevor runs, uh, after Andrew. Also, yeah, where did I get to? We kinda... We'll get to that. Okay. Drix, uh, <laughs> Drix Coleman. The spirit in here is less like a person and more like that water spirit you face. It's in the room, things are blowing. It was a train whistle at first, 
and it's as though within this room is the center of all that heat from the coal and the steam, all that forceful air that eventually becomes the whistle as it passes through all the mechanisms. So like, oh, the open cabinets are blowing all over the place. Like, is an oppressive wind is happening in here. Coleman is um, shuffling, holds one hand dramatically as though going for some kind of revolver, but as instead he starts making like weird hand signs to try and cast a spell. And this big mustachioed spirit does another train whistle scream that I won't do again because I'm just going to keep using that effect. Drix turns to Coleman and goes, uh, sure don't seem like sunshine in here. His eyes close a little bit and he gives a little like, <laughs> laugh smile. <laughs> like you fucking asshole. He's done it. Ah, there we go. I can't use spells. So I'm gonna count on you. I'm gonna count on you to have my back. Can I trust you? Ain't got nothing worth it in a battery here. <sighs> Mine's tapped out. I'm going home soon, so hopefully I can do something about that, but I used it for a good cause. He stops making hand signs, and the uh, wind seems to calm around you guys, but you see it's still like stuff's like flapping about. And he says, Ah, get over here! (laughs) He uh, does like an open hand palm to your head, and you feel your third eye jostle and blink, and you sense one connection leave Coleman uh, and enter you. You sense something uh, uncool. (laughs) (laughs) Something a person that's chill and cool and normal would not have thought of. (laughs) In the hot tub of the uh, parlor car that is still bubbling despite no uh, electricity making it on, There is a spirit from the Deathlands that has been horribly bound and disfigured into rough battery shape. Drains in a manner, some marriage of perhaps Coleman's whispering and Severoshi through magicianry burning this life force to power a spell. I can't believe the hot tub is powered by a forsaken child. You know it probably wasn't. It's Coleman put it there. Coleman put it there, probably. (laughs) I still wanted to do the Venture Brothers reference. Man, you really... How long were you preparing for this? Told you, I know every inch of your train. Except for whatever the hell that is. <laughs> well, it's gone now. And Drix leaves a spell. Roll a thing. What are you trying to do here? A force? I think what Drix is going to do is he's going to make a prism floating in front of him. And he's going to blast his lightning hook through that. Okay. So roll me force. Some extra stank. I'll let you describe whatever the prison does afterwards. Fuck yeah. Uh, that would be a 10. Uh, great, great. What do uh, you want to do? I want to inflict great harm and create an opportunity. Hell yeah. You're going to have me run in just as they fight. Drix doesn't know. It's the most dramatic. Hell yeah. What does the prison do? You fire up the heavy lightning hook. Uh, it hits the prism, and then the what? The prism splits it into seven multicolored beams that, like, converge on a single point when they strike it. Shit, yeah. Yeah! Uh, <laughs> you get zapped up for a uh, devastating uh, four harm, and the opportunity, I imagine, is, like, uh, trapped yeah, somewhat. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it is, like, shocked and stunned. The electricity that normally comes off of a ghost, wildly flowing between, like, the ground and it, locks into place and prevents it from moving. Yeah, I, I described it a bit like dry ice, where it's, like, the spectral part. It's gaseous, but, like, you know, heavier than the mm. air and drippy. It's like he's made of wax, and the wax is cooling a bit. The rest of him stops moving, but the spirit furiously lets out another sound as um, the mustache uh, becomes flames. Is this a fire ghost? Because that's dope as hell. Oh, that is rad. 
Yeah, spectral fires, which is it? It's got the spectral stash. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, listener, slash ghost lion's head. This is not a full-on five harm set on fire. This is instead just a major manifestation attack coming towards Drix, which is three damage reduced to two thanks to the Vulgenite Barrier. Yep, 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 yep. Expected as much. (laughs) Coleman is not the direct recipient of this blast, and he sort of like wipes the, the rest of the fire away as it comes by. He's still making hand signs with one free hand, and he's... He makes, like, the okay sign, the finger Mm -hmm. and thumb, and he holds it in front of him over one eye, and he says, All right, now I got the son of a bitch. And at that moment, (laughs) Andrew enters. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! That's the train! And also Trevor's dad! Stop it! Oh, crap. What the- What the hell do you mean? Stop! Don't hurt it! We have to get it back in its damn closet! You talking about that shiny do not open closet? Yeah, why'd you open it? I know about your train. I knew that it functions. You knew this? No, I didn't know that. Well, I knew that that's what, what ran the train. Well, this is what was in the closet, so clearly you didn't know what was in the closet. I knew that it ran the train, so I shorted the whole damn thing out. Oh my god, this is your fault. I need to get this thing back in the stupid closet. Coleman, teleport into the box. <sighs> teleport into the box, he says. And I love opening closets that say you shouldn't open them. You said this thing's the train, and I already told you about my feelings about the Imperial Railways. Now, I wasn't going to hurt nobody, but I'm not seeing a compelling reason I shouldn't put this thing out of its misery. It's my friend's father, apparently. I have a compelling reason. You think leaving us all in the middle of the Deathlands isn't going to hurt anyone? That's pretty compelling. Those are mutually exclusive statements. He's still holding a... That okay sign. And his other arm is holding the arm, making the okay sign. We can be allies here. The pride of Duskwall has no love for the Emperor. Let us work, and we will get closer and closer. We can be allies. So, one of you guys is going to need to roll me something. The other can roll to assist. Uh, well, this is argument, so it seems like a... Finesse to me. That seems like a finesse to you. Or arguably a force, since we're just, I mean, I feel like this is more narratively satisfying if you make the roll, but I can help. Okay, Sounds good. That that works fine. It could be a finesse or a force coming from me. Yeah, Yeah. I can finesse to help and you can force to, because mine is definitely a more like thinky argument. Mm -hmm. Yours is an appeal to the soul or whatever. Total. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. I think Drix just like looks Coleman dead in the eyes. This is how we win by being better than them. I got an eight, so that's a plus two for awesome. you. Awesome. Three and five. So that's eight plus two. That is a 10. Plus two. That is a 12. Yeah, okay. baby. Let's go. So he stops and he says, Well, all right then. He lifts the hand off of the arm making the okay sign, and he then dramatically waves it with a flat hand, and as he does so, Drix, you feel the energy that was about to be unleashed is instead redirected and silences one of the spirits in the observation car. At that, Trevor runs in like, Ah! Oh, okay, wait, wait! That's my dad! No, I got, the train. I got it! I got it, Trevor! I got it, Trevor! Hey, it's okay. We're gonna put him back. Yeah, he's still restricted. 
but it, it turns its gaze at Trevor, makes another slight train whistle noise. Uh, okay, Dad, come on. And he lifts up a uh, spinal cord hull container. Come inside now. Gotta get the coal fields. You know, all, all aboard. The windiness at this point in time has like stopped, but it briefly brushes by you again, and the massive spirit fits itself into that tiny little hull thing. And Trevor's like, oh, okay, all right. Holy shit. Rix <sighs> looks over at Coleman. You're better at this than I am. Do you... Do you think... We can put this battery you gave me to good use. Maybe transfer a little life force, you know? Do you think we can help him a little? Well, I suppose... You can't not do it. I guess that means that you're saying that perhaps this, uh... Guy who's also a train is more important to you than, uh... That poor soul in the hot tub? The soul in the hot tub is gone already. I don't think it's coming back from this. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, you got me. I'm pretty rough with it. <laughs> yeah, not the biggest fan. Can't can't lie, but I think at least some good can be done from it. Will you help me? <laughs> I don't think I'm about to help you, but I'll tell you what. I'll leave my, my battery here as a gift for you. you. Take my folks. Take my gains from your train. I promised I'd let it live so you guys can help it. I, I'm still not entirely sure that this train isn't going to keep on doing what all the Imperial Railways does and support that man who sits above all others. So you can figure it out. I believe in you. Fair enough. And hey, I know you say that you don't, but thanks for trusting us. Well, you're a little more trustworthy than my men. Uh, hold on a minute. I need to check on something. And he opens up the door to the freight box car and he says, Yo, Bill, are you deaf? And you see a guy being fucking torn apart by rats. <laughs> <laughs> Worry not, Alfred! <laughs> We're defending the train! And, <laughs> and Coleman goes, fucking. <laughs> uh, you should get out of here before the King of Rats kills you. Hi, Rat King! Big old fuck form! And he, he, uh, his eyes shine and all the rats scatter. What the Rat King do to you? The King of Rats was just defending the train, alright? Yeah! Listen, I don't have time to. He's our boy! I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. I'm taking Bill. I'm taking Bill. He's got he's got some major medical attention he needs. I'm You're lucky I don't shoot kids, cause like holy holy hell. What? What? I don't what? know. Your 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 rats, your your rat pets bit up my boy Bill here. I, How's that my fault? I, you know what? You know what? We're going. We're going. Bye. And stay out! Meanwhile, in the parlor car. Right. <laughs> oh, uh, the door. Yeah, you hear a... <laughs> there's a shaking from the champagne bucket, which could be the ice maker, but there's no electricity. Kip very carefully approaches in fighting stance, if needs be. <laughs> Yeah, it shakes and rattles. Do you open it yep. up? Georgie springs out in, like, a headbutt attempt, but she uh, misses you entirely and just falls down. She's like... <laughs> she, like, rolls onto her back, and she looks real sad and looks up at you. This all an attempt. Let me, let me get you untied. Oh, gosh. And, um, yeah, I think uh, with that, Coleman Kanasher begins to, to leave 
Trevor is able to reinstall his dad his dad <laughs> in the train. <laughs> um, the passengers begin to move. As uh, he starts to leave, Coleman waves a hand. And besides the one silent spirit, three more spirits are whispered off of the train back towards him. He leaves the one for you, Drix, in the hot tub. <laughs> Harmlessly in the hot Just tub. Completely safe in the hot tub. Completely safe in the hot tub. <laughs> that guy sucked. He's not that bad. No, that guy sucked. He did kind of rob us. He did. He he did rob us, but I was able to reason with him. That guy sucked. Yeah, yeah no, he's, he sucks. A little bit. Yeah, he sucks a little bit. It's, it's more than a little bit. He robbed us. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he took some stuff. That, that, that's not great, but... I don't care about the stuff, really, but he, he you know, shot Greta. He shot Greta? Well, the dudes working for him uh, shot Greta, and also, what happened to Georgie? Uh, she was tied up and placed into the champagne cabinet. Oh. Yep, and he caused me to have to interact with that weird lizard oh. man. Um, I I'm hated that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think he's actually just a kid. Yeah, he said he was 15, but, like, I'm not sure I believe him. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Uh, he's staring at you through the glass. Yeah, hi. Hi. He- I smiles wave. and waves, yeah, pushed okay. up against the glass. I think we're friends now. I don't really <laughs> want to be friends. Well, I mean, maybe having a lizard friend could be uh, advantageous. Uh, maybe. Candace comes inside, the crew car, looks at you all. You're all pretty banged up. Pip did actually get shot. I got shot. Pip and yeah. Andrew. Two people got actually shot. And she says, uh, so I, I don't want you all worrying about whatever they got away with that all it's the imperium's stuff that's all that was lost you guys are also technically the imperium stuff but you're also my stuff and it would have been a lot madder if i lost that so uh i mean i'm gonna write down what happens i'm gonna put it down for five ghosts clear if that's all right hell yeah i think you guys have just about earned that journeymanship i did just uh you know i did handle three of them yeah, I don't like the way that you said that. <laughs> oh, oh. Can we become journeymen in the next week? Because my birthday is next week, and I want to say that I got my journeymanship when I was 13. Your birthday is next week, and you didn't say anything before now? Yeah, well, technically it's not my birthday. Technically it's orphanage birthday. A lot of the kids at the orphanage didn't know their birthday, so we just kind of picked a day, and we decided that that was everyone's birthday. Technically, I've been 14 for, like, a couple months, but not officially. Do you actually know your your birthday? Your, like, actual birthday? Yeah, it was two months ago. Oh. And you didn't say anything. Well, it doesn't count until orphanage birthday. <laughs> Talk for her age, she says. <laughs> lying, lying about it. She's she was- lying about it. It doesn't count until birthday. She was 14 the whole time. You know what? You're gonna stay here in this crew car for the rest of the ride. What? I'm gonna have some kind of birthday cake sent to you from oh, Greta. That's, didn't Greta just get shot? She'll understand when I say it. <laughs> okay. We're gonna have a quiet ride to Coalfields if I have to shoot somebody for it. Oh, cool. Birthday cake. Could it not be me that gets shot? It was thoroughly unpleasant the first time. 
Oh, you better watch yourself, McKeel. It's not off the table. <laughs> you stupid son of a bitch. Good on you. <laughs> Three of them. And she closes the door behind her. All right. It's time to celebrate little Spurs. <laughs> I mean, it was two at once, and then one came afterwards, but, like, you know. <laughs> Stop! I refuse. <laughs> Oh, and we'll get to uh, the Cofields, to Orphanage Birthday, and to perhaps whatever meeting needs attended to when Drix arrives uh, next time on Ghosts on a Train. Yay! Yay. Bye! Thanks! Hell yeah! The Pride of Duskwall. Between stops where it will carry precious freight, lightning oil, supplies, precious people, young, old lives. Now the noble locomotive sits at rest, and the line bulls within, with no spirits or specters to fight, are approached by the engineer of the train, the spectacled Akarosi, Trevor. Trevor! Trevor approaches with a piece of paper, a little confused, but with clear intent to talk to the line bulls. An intent followed up on, as he says, uh, Hey guys, uh, got a moment? Sure, what else would we be doing? So get this, I got a suggestion, or not really a suggestion, I guess. Some weird, uh, letter towards you guys? We have a suggestion box. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, Candace took one look at it and was like, this isn't a suggestion. Uh, and I wanted to read it, so I was curious. And I was like, oh, well, you know, maybe this is this could be kind of fun. Okay. Here it is. It says, uh, I think dot, 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 uh, dot, 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 dot. Like, they wrote that out. You should try using Fantasy Age for a rule set. I hear it's pretty cool. Yours, a mystery secret admirer. What? What? Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those Geist brand games. Uh-huh. I think they're talking about one of those Geist brand games, you know? Exactly. I'm pretty sure it's like a pre-Cataclysm setting. Why would we have time to play Geist brand games? Well, we have to fight ghosts. I don't know. I think it might be pretty fun to, you know, sit around, like, between ghost battles, obviously. To- why, why would this random customer care what Geist brand games we are playing? Okay. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. There are some nutters out there who like get really, really into these kinds of things. You know, you know, it's true. They don't just consider them games, right? They consider them as like ways to live your life. So, so like someone might be like going out, got to make a dexterity check, whatever that means. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. Like people, people that drop things and they'd be like, whoops, failed my deck save. And it's like, oh, what? You dropped something. You didn't do it. Yeah, you didn't I, do anything. I, I didn't, I, <laughs> deck save. That's your body. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like you're, you're just trying to take you're just trying to take all the responsibility out of your own actions by uh, attributing them to game factors. <laughs> like what? Yeah, I'm just going to miss a shot <laughs> because like what? I, I rolled I rolled poorly or something. Oh, must have been bad luck. I mean, no, maybe maybe you just didn't practice hard enough, or maybe the shot was impossible, who knows? Yeah, it could have been a whole bunch of things, but it probably wasn't just, like, some kind of probability machine. A word I learned from the dictionary from Andrew. <laughs> That's not even... That's two words! I don't think that will be in the dictionary! Oh, no, you don't know, you don't know about probability machines? 
it's a concept that's sort of uh, making making the rounds in uh, as far as Spark writes. Oh, uh, it's sort of con- consider consider a complicated. No, no, work with me here. Consider a complicated electroplasmic. Literally, all I device. said is that it wasn't going to be in the dictionary. Oh, it is. Uh, and Trevor opens up a dictionary. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no! You don't get to decide that unilaterally. <laughs> It's not your dictionary. I'm gonna go find a fucking dictionary <laughs> in want- real life. <laughs> Trevor Trevor opens up a Sparkrite dictionary. Oh, that doesn't count. Probability hyphen engine. That doesn't count. That's a Sparkrite dictionary. It's different. It's just a magazine. Uh, what about the Spark Boy dictionary? No, <laughs> just a normal dictionary. All right, all right. Andrew clearly doesn't want to hear about the possibility of a machine that could perhaps think and calculate probabilities. I do not. It's closer to a, an almanac than it is to like a dictionary. I'm just saying. Well, I mean, it doesn't have like sports stats and things. It has statistics and numbers for different things. It's as close as you get. Uh, nice sports reference, by the way, because we just want to establish that none of us are nerds here who like would waste our life. No, with these guys you guys are games. nerds. Uh, <laughs> nope, we're doing meaningful spark right crap. But oh, are you? That makes you a nerd. You don't have any. Are you out for the the, the game next? Oh, okay. All right. I'll shut 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 up. <laughs> but 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 let's just but, say but spark my group meet up. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> let's just say hypothetically, I'm changing the subject. Uh, in, in front of Andrew. Uh Let's just say, uh, for the sake of argument, that you guys were, like, you guys are kind of like the adventurers of the pre-cataclysm, right? Like, you guys, you guys are the ones who, like, leave the cities and you fight monsters and stuff. What do you guys think you would, you would be in a, a hypothetical game like Fantasy Age? I, I know that some people are able to take this, this whole kind of nonsensical thing and just roll in little plastic shapes with numbers on them and turn it into like some kind of a career do it long term this is this is just ridiculous it seems like a waste of time it does i have no idea what i would be in fantasy age because i've never played fantasy age because i'm not a nerd yeah, but do you know any stories for like pre cataclysm? Do you think you'd be like a like a warrior or a magician or like a scoundrel or something? I guess I'd be a scrappy orphan. Okay, it's so like a scoundrel. I sure, whatever. Yeah, I think those are called rogues or something. Yeah, some some along the lines of that. <laughs> I would be a dwarf and drink. Well, I mean, you already drink. You're not that short, though. Oh, it's, it's, it's the ability to grow a beard, though. It's, it's, it's something I admire. Uh, you know? Uh, yeah, this, this, it's kind of aspirational, you know? Actually, is, is, is dwarf like a whole thing separate, or, or is, is it like, where's the delineation, I guess? Because I know. Between, between what? Because I know, like, in some of the early editions, that the dwarf was just like a whole thing that you were. Oh no 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 no! You could like you could be like a like a dwarf magician or like a dwarf, uh, the rogue scoundrel dwarf dwarf warrior. It's it's, it's cool. Can I leave? <laughs> like, are we good? I'm, I'm actually getting in- intrigued now. So, oh my god! All right, yeah, yeah, Andrew, you could go. So, uh, anyways, Pip, yeah, we meet on Thursdays. You should. We all your questions will be answered. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did, did dwarves do human magic or dwarf magic? Ooh, that's the fun thing. So you roll on a table. Rhino Pasquale is now arriving. Please allow all passengers to exit the train before boarding. This has been Ghosts on a Train, a podcast with the Faustian Nonsense Network, where we played Ghost Lines, an RPG written and designed by John Harper. Music by Sebastian Black and TJ Woods. Our cover art is by Yoshiko Agresta. Your line balls for this trip were... Andrew Anderson, badge name Dunville, played by me, Hannah Levin. Adric, aka Drix, badge name Colburn, played by me, Stefan Lewis. Pippin, Pip, McKeel. Badge name, McHugh, played by me, Guys Webel. And I have been your conductor, Greg Karobus. For bonus content, as well as behind the scenes, become a patron of the Faustian Nonsense Patreon. Your support will help our podcast, as well as the others on the network. And in lieu of monetary support, a review on your favorite podcatcher will help Ghosts on a Train maintain visibility. If you have any questions about the Pride of Duskwall or additions to suggest for the train, please email them to ghosttrainpod at gmail.com or contact us on Twitter at ghosts underscore train. And I'll have Candace bring them to the line bowls. Thank you for riding with us, and please consider traveling with us again next time. They turn and look just as you just clunk. <laughs> and they uh, immediately fall over. I'm resisting so hard. On making this joke, I cannot resist it any longer. Greg, please cut this out of the episode. But the question now becomes, which one received the best head? (laughs) I've done it. (laughs) This is the perfect Hannah face. Stefan, this one's for you. This is for Greg. Hannah, what you doing? Um, uh, recovering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Andrew. Uh, this program was brought to you by a network of dedicated artists with creative souls just like, just like yours. 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 yours Faustian Nonsense thanks you for your patronage. Just like yours. <laughs>